Listener Production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Monday, the 2nd of August. Tom Tilly with you. A little bit tired, Annika Smethers. I stayed up to try and watch the end of the high jump last night. It was so dramatic, but I had to go to bed. It sounds like a lot of people are glued to the athletics, which isn't something we usually do. We usually sort of stop after that first week with swimming, but it looks like Australia is having a cracker over there. Yeah, I think there's so much excitement and good energy after the first week. And then you head into the track and field and these events are so dramatic. Like when they have a false start on the 100 metres, for example, and someone gets disqualified immediately and they just walk out and disappear and that's the end of their Olympic journey. It's just crazy. And the high jump is just a wild event. Really takes me back to the school carnival days. We'll get a little bit more Olympic news in just a moment. In our briefing later on, should surf clubs be taking money from oil companies? For me, as a surf life-saving member, like it gives me that yucky feeling in the pit of my stomach to think that this mob's going to give us a bunch of money. The backlash to Ampol sponsoring Surf Life Saving Australia. That is our briefing in the second half of the show. First, here are the headlines, starting with the Olympics. Australia has had its most successful day ever at the Olympics, winning four gold medals in the swimming, sailing and BMX. Now, Emma McKeon is now the most decorated Olympian in Australian history after winning two more gold in the pool yesterday to take the number of medals she's won over her whole career to 11. Yeah, it was just incredible. The way she won the 50 metres, she just brought it home in that second half of the race. It was wonderful to watch. Her new record came as Logan Martin won the first ever freestyle BMX event and the tricks he was doing were just seriously mind-blowing, just crazy. He was basically flying and flinging the bike around him. Matt Wynn became the third Australian in a row to win the men's laser sailing race. And last night was an amazing night in the track and field. As we flagged earlier, in the 100-metre sprint, Aussie Rowan Browning almost got in the final, which was eventually won by Italian Lamont Marcel Jacobs. And Australian Brandon Stark was two centimetres off a medal in the men's high jump. The New South Wales Premier has tied vaccination rates to restrictions easing in four weeks. Let August be the month where we break records in vaccinations. Getting to 50% or 60% doesn't give us complete freedom, but it certainly allows us to be in a better position than what we are today. Gladys Berejiklian there. And as far as I could tell, Annika, that was the first time a Premier has suggested that vaccination rates among adults could end lockdown restrictions in the short term rather than case numbers going down. What did you make of that? Yeah, we came at an interesting time too because on Friday we had the Premier's meet and they decided that 70% vaccination in both the state and nationally would trigger fewer lockdowns and also mean vaccinated people get more freedoms. And a few days later she said that, well, 50% might actually mean we start to ease restrictions. So, look, it is promising, but she does seem to be going it alone on this one. Yeah, um, I guess it puts the focus, though, on the, the vaccine rate rather than the case numbers, which no one really wants to look at in New South Wales at the moment because they're not going down and uh, the majority of the cases in recent days have not been in isolation. So it's a bad situation in New South Wales, but I wonder if this is a more realistic option long-term rather than going for the zero COVID approach that we accept that there will be some transmission, but as we slowly increase vaccination, we don't need as tougher restrictions. 
Yeah, it's a completely different situation to say what Victoria was in last year when we didn't have a vaccination. So at least being able to have that is something we can hold on to. Now, I don't want you to get too excited, Tom, because in New South Wales at the moment, about 15% of the population has been fully vaccinated. Mm. But those numbers are going up and hopefully this works as an incentive. Brisbane and southeast Queensland are in the middle of a three-day lockdown as Queensland authorities work to uncover the missing link behind Brisbane's Delta outbreak, which led to nine daily cases yesterday, the state's highest daily number in almost a year. These case numbers are, as to be expected with the Delta variant, rapidly escalating. Queensland's Chief Health Officer Jeanette Young speaking there. Genomic testing shows the outbreak originated from a returned traveller who was being treated at the Sunshine Coast Hospital. But authorities are still working to uncover how the infection spread to a medical student who then infected students at a number of schools. And the total for that Queensland cluster is now at 18 And Queensland, we hope you can bring this one under control. Good luck. And Sky News has been banned from uploading videos to YouTube for a week for violating the company's COVID misinformation policies. The suspension came after YouTube reviewed Sky content on its channel and found it had breached COVID-19 medical misinformation policies. Sky News responded yesterday by saying it doesn't allow content denying the existence of COVID or encourage people to use alternative COVID treatments. YouTube says the one-week suspension counts as a first strike and three strikes in 90 days will result in the channel being permanently deleted. And this comes after a lot of controversy around Alan Jones's comments on Sky. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, Annika. Katrina Blouse is jumping in as we look at the sponsorship arrangements for Australian Surf Lifesaving. Hi, Katrina Blowers here with you. Should surf lifesavers take sponsorship money from fossil fuel companies? Today's briefing topic was suggested to us by a listener, Angus Farrell. Hi guys, I'd be interested in hearing about fossil fuel companies sponsoring surf lifesaving Australia, given the massive surf protests over the past couple of years with Fight for the Bite, movement to protect the Great Australian Bite from oil drilling, and PEP11, which is gas exploration of Sydney and the Central Coast. So the most visible partnership that relates to Angus's question is a deal between Ampol and Surf Life Saving Australia, which was announced back in December. Like Ampol, Surf Life Saving Australia is a proudly and iconically Australian organisation with a commitment to community and making a positive contribution wherever we operate. So that was Matt Halliday. He's Ampol's managing director, spruiking that announcement at the time. Um, This deal means you'll now see the Ampol logo on our beaches on surf life-saving uniforms. It'll be on the sleeve. It'll be at big surfing events, including the Coolangatta Gold and the Australian Surf Life-Saving Championships. They haven't said how much money's involved or how long the arrangement goes for, but to give you an idea, a Woodside Energy sponsorship of the Western Australian Surf Life-Saving Clubs was $5 million over five years. So for a national sponsorship, you'd expect it to be that much or more, I reckon. Yeah, so as Angus alluded to, there has been a bit of blowback on that Ampol deal. The social media accounts of Surf Lifesaving Australia blew up recently when they posted a video featuring lifeguards and an Ampol logo. There were tons of negative comments accusing Surf Lifesaving Australia of selling out by taking money from a fossil fuel corporation. And one person weighing in on that online discussion was an active Surf Lifesaving Club member called Mick. We followed him up, gave him a call. Here's what he said. For me, as a Surf Lifesaving member, like it gives me that 
yucky feeling in the pit of my stomach to think that this mob's going to give us a bunch of money we're going to put their logo on our shirts and that's what we're going to be wearing when essentially they make money from actively destroying the environment. Yeah, so as well as club members like Mick, who we just heard from, Greenpeace have weighed in too, saying even though it is important Surf Life Saving Australia gets the funding to save Aussie lives, fossil fuel companies drive climate change and they destroy our oceans. So of course we tried to get an interview with a spokesperson from Surf Life Saving Australia, um, but the best unfortunately we could get was a statement. It said the national sponsorship with Ampol helps them save lives and the emergency response equipment that they use to do that, like the ATVs, the inflatable boats, the four-wheel drives, the helicopters, they're all powered by fuel. And they also said that they put a high priority on sustainability and have eliminated over 30 tonnes of plastic and waste in our oceans due to their green initiatives at major events recently. So... Let's get deeper into this uh, with someone who is very keen to talk about it, a lot keener than Surf Life Saving Australia, Sean Doherty. He's the chairperson of Surf Rider Australia, so that's the board riders, not the Surf Life Savers. Sean was a key player in the fight for the Bite campaign, which was successful. Sean, thanks for joining us. What's your problem with this sponsorship arrangement? Um, look, I'm disappointed, really. Um, I'd feel that Surf Life Saving Australia really should be on a unity ticket with, you know, the rest of the people of the coast. We're seeing fossil fuel development, you know, potential gas fields going in off Sydney. We've really worked hard to put this up the flagpole and, and try and get people to understand that this will change the coast forever. You know, we've worked so hard to bring this to people's attention and, and to see Surf Life Saving Australia turn around and take money off these guys. It's quite disappointing, yeah, for sure. So are you talking about general environmental concerns related to the petroleum industry or are you talking about specific projects relating to Ampol? Oh, a bit of column A, column B for sure. Surf Life Saving over in WA takes money off Woodside and if you look in Surf Life Saving Australia's charter, they've actually got like a values aligned sponsorship clause in there and they, they cite things like alcohol and, and gambling and they probably should have a good look at, at stuff like fossil fuel development. They've got a vested interest in, in keeping the beaches clean, like they're on the beaches as much as anyone. I can't understand why they take money off these guys for an industry that really does risk the clean nature of the, the beaches they spend all their time on. I guess, though, some would argue, shouldn't we take a more realistic approach to this kind of stuff? Like, surely, if it is in the ultimate good and it's doing good, taking the profits from a company like this to save Aussie lives is ultimately in the best interest of everyone. Oh, I've got no problem. with Like, Surf Life Saving Australia, they, they do great work and they've done it for a long time. You know, you see them on the beaches around the country, they're doing volunteer hours. I just don't think that this decision really lines up with even with what their members want. Like we've run protest paddle outs against fossil fuel developments in the bite. We've had them all around the country and we've had tons of surf life saving members paddle out with us. And I just feel that it's a decision from 50 years ago. That's interesting. You talk about those big paddle outs. Um, you had the fight for the bite and that exploration isn't going ahead. So that was a victory for you guys. Of those people paddling out, is it mostly board riders like surfers or is there a big involvement from the Surf Lifesaving Club? And for those people, what's it like to go and then put on a Surf Lifesaving Club t-shirt with an Ampol logo on the sleeve? 
you know, like I said, with these paddle outs, we were on a unity ticket. There were all these members of the surf clubs there, but they were doing it on, on a private basis. They weren't there as part of the surf clubs. And, and we've reached out to the surf clubs, you know, on plenty of occasions to get involved with this. And we should be on a unity ticket. They've got as much interest in keeping the beaches clean as we do. They see the world a little differently. They don't want to rock the boat so much. Some of this taps back into that cultural division that, that goes back a while. You know, surfers are seen as kind of more the freestyling, outspoken crew, whereas the surf clubs are very regimented and they, you know, they tap into government money, they tap into commercial money, and they don't like to rock the boat so much. It's something that the surf clubs will probably have to address themselves internally. No one would be happier than me if that they came on and, and supported this because, you know, we're all in the same boat. Like, we all want a clean coast and we don't want to see gas rigs sitting off it. Ampol says that it's committed to revitalising its business model. It, it wants to be a positive contributor in communities. And Surf Life Saving Australia says that it needs fossil fuels to power the equipment like the four-wheel drives and the helicopters that it uses to save lives. So isn't it, on the one hand, a good thing that we're using this money from a company like this to do some good? Yeah, well, they're playing on this tension. This goes back to the fossil fuel companies that it goes back to personal responsibility. We need this stuff. And it just gets away from the fact that we should be kind of transitioning out. Obviously, they're going to have to keep helicopters in the air somehow. Like we're not arguing against that. But this is different. This is marketing. And this is trying to change people's opinion. It's a crucial time right now. Fossil fuel companies know it. That's why they're there. It is a bit cheeky for the company like Ampol to say that, that that's what they're doing. It's more like winning hearts and minds than keeping helicopters in the air. You use the word transition, which I think is crucial here. And I guess the question is whether you're being a bit idealistic. And obviously the ideal is that we don't need to use fossil fuels, but that's not where we're at. As we were just discussing, the boats, the helicopters, they still use petrol. At this point, is this really the right call? We still do rely on these industries. Why should an organisation like Surf Lifesaving Club have to lead the way and take a financial hit for that when the work they do is so important and fundraising is so challenging? They should be at the vanguard of this. They're on the front line. They're on, on their own beaches. Nowhere is more impacted by changing in weather and the industrialisation of the coast more than a group like these guys. And we've all got a vested interest in keeping it as it is. And they should be held to a little bit of a higher standard. These guys spend all their weekends, they spend hours and days and weeks and months on the beaches. That develops an affinity to the coast and to see it, you know, the prospect of it being developed like it is off Sydney right now. You know, like the coast between Sydney and Newcastle, Yesterday, a company announced they're applying for a tender to drill between Newcastle and Sydney. That whole coast is up for industrialisation, for turning into a gas field. So, like, we really need a group like Surf Life Saving Australia with a powerful voice, culturally really important, and a group that live on the beach. Like, this should be really important to those guys, just as important as it is to us. Do you have any evidence that Ampol itself is damaging Australian coastlines? Oh, no, I haven't followed the breadcrumbs back on that one, Tom. Okay. You know, I guess, and, and I guess the quite, reason I ask, I ask for that specific link is I want to understand where, where you would draw the line. Is it all petrol companies? Is it all mining companies? Is it just Ampol? What are the kinds of organisations that you think we should be refusing money from? Oh, I think for a, a, an organisation like Surf Life Saving Australia, I, I think a fossil fuel company, particularly at a time where, where the coastline's being developed for gas, I'd draw a line there for sure. Um, so, so even if it's a petrol company that doesn't drill for gas, you'd still draw the line there? Yeah, well, they're, they're at the end of the chain. Though. That's, you know, they're part of the process. 
And I just think that Surf Lifesaving Australia should be on a, on the front foot with this stuff more than than just passively just going along with it because we're not going to be able to go along with it forever. And I get Ampola at the end of the chain, they're a retailer and they're not actually out there exploring, mm. but it's all part of the same thing. It's one well, end and, and the other. I guess that's where the um, Surf Lifesaving argument comes in though. They're, they're also part of that chain because they're using those products. Yeah. So Oh, we all are. Yeah, yeah like totally. We all are. But I mean, but do, you, do you drive a petrol car? Absolutely. So you're in the chain too. Yeah, I'm in the chain, mate. We all are. And, but what choice have we got, Tom? That's the thing. And mm. and when, you know, the alternatives are being squeezed out and being, you know, as they are in this country on every level, it, it just, you know, what choice do we have? You know, I have this conversation with people every day and it drives you nuts. It really does. At a time we should be kind of trying to get out of it we've got the handbrake on and we're back where other countries were 30 years ago. I think that might be their reasoning now as well. We, we've got no choice, the same reason with you and your car. But yeah, they could say that, but they should have read the tea leaves on this a little bit and just gone, well, look, you know, probably a, a lot of our membership base is probably quite progressive and probably are looking ahead and, and are looking what's happening in the world. They're not projected big shifts, they're happening right now. And unless you really do something about it, you're just being complicit with um, everything that's going on. And like I said, a, a group like Surf Life Saving Australia should have a, a vested interest in really just in keeping the coast clean. They're on it more than anyone. That was Sean Doherty, who's the chairperson of Surf Rider Australia there. Tom Tilly didn't uh, pull any punches there, gave him a bit of a grilling over what car he drives. Yeah, well, just gently turn on the grill there. I can turn up a lot more, <laughs> don't you worry. But interesting, he acknowledged that He's part of this chain of drilling, distributing, and then mm. using petrol in this world while we're still in transition. So it's even a bit complicated for him personally. Listener.